Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Amber Antoinette Ford has supported independent tech news directly for five years and you can be as cool as Amber. Become a DTNS member right now at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Friday, March 29th, 2019. Was going to be Brexit Day. It's not anymore. In Los Angeles, I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. It's Art Prov Friday. I'm Len Peralta. And the show's producer, Archer Chang. Len will be illustrating our topics today. We'll check in with him in a little bit. And we're also welcoming Rob DeMillo, CTO of Nimble Collective, back on the show. Rob, how's it going? Good. Thanks for having me back on. We are going to talk about a very interesting uh, trend in gaming. It's it's very similar to what we talked about last week uh, with Google uh, Stadia and whatnot. But but Rob's got a different perspective on this uh, from a VentureBeat article about how a lot of these companies are accidentally gaming companies. And we'll get his perspective on that in a little bit. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Huawei reports profits rose 25% in 2018, led by its fast-growing phone and devices business. Devices revenue specifically rose 45%, passing its telecom infrastructure business revenue, which was a a bit of a drop at 1.3% for its business with telecom carriers. Enterprise business was 10.3% of total revenue and rose 23.8%. 51.6% of Huawei's business comes from China, followed by 284 from Europe and the Middle East, 11.4% from Asia and the Pacific, and 66 from the Americas. Apple acquired the digital newsstand app Texture last year and now part of what's uh, now Apple News Plus, which launched on Monday. So the Texture app is shutting down. According to emails sent to current Texture subscribers that point to a fact on the company's website, Texture's last day will be May 28th, 2019. If you're an existing customer, you will be offered a one-month free trial to Apple News+. Plus. The LG G8 ThinQ phone pers- first previewed at Mobile World Congress and will come to the U.S. starting at a, uh, on a la- April 11th with pre-orders available now. The list price for an unlocked version is $819.99. The G8 ThinQ includes air motion that lets you perform some functions by gesturing with a wave or a pinch without touching your phone. The camera can also use the veins in your hand as authentication. Think about that one for a second. And Lyft priced its IPO shares at 72 bucks ahead of the initial offering of 32.5 million shares, valuing the company at around $20 billion. Shares rose 20% after the debut on NASDAQ today under the ticker Lyft, L-Y-F-T. All right, let's talk a little bit more about Windows 10. 
Microsoft Windows 10 1809, sometimes formerly known as the Windows 10 October 2018 update, is now ready for broad deployment by its business customers. After its release last October, Microsoft had to pull the update because of data loss bugs and issues with zip files. You might have been affected by that. Microsoft re-released the update November 13th, but took a slow approach to rollout this time. The company is close to finalizing the rollout of Windows 10 1903, sometimes referred as the April 2019 update, and let's hope that sticks. Yeah, that's the hopeful name of it, is the... Is the the one right after the October update? Um, yeah. I mean, roll out to business customers means they they finally certain that there shouldn't be problems with this beyond the normal expected problems with any rollout. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over twenty years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Uh, and just they were being extra cautious with that. Rob, I was curious if, if you ran into any of this and, and what you made of it. I did not. We've got about a third of the people at Nimble have uh, have Windows boxes, and we turned off our, our updates for this reason, right? So it, I actually haven't turned my back on yet. <laughs> yeah, well, it's safe to go back in the water. So I'm like, I am yeah. are the sharks gone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and then turn it right back off in case you're worried about the April 2019 update. It's a weird thing. It was a, it was a, a weird situation there. And uh, hopefully the April 2019 update will not have these same issues. Fingers crossed. It was a, it was bizarre for Microsoft actually. It really was. Uh, yeah. I, and and I'm not trying to excuse it, but it was very unusual. Not that Microsoft hasn't had a share of bugs over the years, but this was right. a really really unusual rollout. So this is the first one I I heard of that actually removed data. Yeah, not good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely not good. Back in 2016, the city of Columbus, Ohio, won a $40 million Department of Transportation grant and an additional $10 million from the Paul G. Allen Foundation as part of the Smart City Challenge. Columbus is developing a smart Columbus operating system with some of that money. It's also working on an open data platform, a multimodal trip planning app, but Ars Technica's Jonathan Gitlin reports the plan to encourage adoption of electric vehicles in the city is showing the most success so far. Since 2017, adoption of electric vehicles, or EVs, in Columbus has risen 121%. That's compared to 
82% for the rest of the Midwest. So it's rising a lot in the Midwest, but it's rising a lot more in Columbus. Uh, mm. And the average in the United States as a whole is 94%. A big part of the strategy that Columbus used was ride and drive road shows where they'd go to different places in the community or even some workplaces and allow you to do test drives. They say they've done about 7,000 test drives. They open, they also opened a showcase center where you can go and do test drives of EVs if you'd like. They did a bunch of outreach with the dealers to get them on board and make it easier to actually go in and find an EV to buy. Uh, the program also is building out charger capacity, including rebate funding for multi-unit residential buildings and workplaces. You know, before the show, we we all kind of uh, collectively did a little homework on 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 uh, on the city of Columbus because none of us is from there. Tom, I know you've been there. I never have, uh, but I know that it's known as a college town and probably progressive in the sense that something like these numbers would make sense to me. But yeah, I I I, I wonder what other data points um, make Columbus so sort of ripe for this technological. Uh, forward thinking. Well, I, I I would imagine that it's probably um, the, the car manufacturers are probably pushing Columbus a little bit because it's cold, right? And EVs have a hard time mm. in the cold, and so it, it's it makes for a good test bed potentially. Yeah, and to, to kind of say, kind of prove the concept, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. That you know, also I wouldn't look past the fact that. Columbus had to fight against around 80 other metropolitan areas to convince the Department of Transportation that it had the best plan. Uh, we're, we're very used to criticizing governments for stupid plans, and there's no shortage of examples. This could be an example of a government planning something well and just doing it right and saying, hey, you know what? When you get people to test drive stuff, they're more likely to get on board. When you actually work with dealers instead of just requiring them to do something and you get them on board, that helps stuff. So, you know, it may not be that Columbus had any natural advantage. It just may have been a really well executed plan for once. If you're an Amazon Prime member who has linked your account to Twitch Prime, you can now get 12 months of Nintendo Switch Online for free. Even if you've already paid $20 for that Switch Online account for the free year, we'll stack on top of it so you get that money back. Users get three months free to start. Then after 60 days of maintaining their Amazon Prime membership, they get a code for the other nine months. The initial three-month offer expires September 24th. So if you're interested, now's the time. I tried to sign up for this, but they require payment to be linked. So it is one of uh, those deals where they're going to be uh, like, you can right. go and turn it off, but you got to give me your credit card or PayPal yeah. information yeah, right yeah. now. Uh, so I, I I was like, you know what? I'm going to find out if this is actually unavoidable before I go ahead and finish signing up. So I haven't finished signing up yet. But otherwise, it's a screaming deal. I mean, the idea that, yeah. that Amazon would do this for Nintendo, I mean, it's not that they're necessarily competitors, but... It's it's an interesting partnership. Well, it drives traffic towards Twitch, right? Yeah, that's that's, that, that's part of it. And this might be the thing that actually gets me to try a Nintendo Switch. Really, the, it's, it's only yeah. a twenty dollars savings, but it's enough yeah, of a savings. It, huh? it, it just pushes it a little bit over the edge. Yeah, I've got yeah. enough gaming platforms, so I didn't need another one. But this is like it's kind of interesting. And you're right; it takes some gamers uh, who use the Switch and pushes them towards Twitch. It also takes mm-hmm. some Twitch people and pushes them, in your case, towards towards the Switch. Yeah. which they, they may not have uh, been willing to do before. So looks, right. it, it does sound like it's working. Um, yep. And again, it's not like Amazon has a has a whole you know big gaming platform yet uh, that isn't Twitch. Uh, they're, they're, they're more wanting to capitalize on what 
a Nintendo does rather than than compete directly with them. So I guess it makes sense, but but a, uh, a pretty great deal. And also interesting how they're trying to stop you from like signing up for Prime for one month just to get this year deal and then canceling. They're going to make you stick around for 60 days and remember to renew it. So yeah, hopefully I remember. Scientists building a helicopter that will be part of the Mars 2020 rover tested it in Martian-like conditions in GPL's space simulator. Uh, If you don't know, the Martian atmosphere is 1% as dense as Earth's. Uh, That would be like going up 100,000 feet on Earth. That's the rarity of the atmosphere on the surface on Mars. So the JPL team injected CO2 into the 25-foot-wide vacuum cylinder after removing all the rest of it. Nitrogen, oxygen, argon, all the other gases got taken out. Uh, A motorized lanyard tugged at the helicopter to simulate the Mars two-third Earth gravity, and the helicopter successfully flew for one minute at an altitude of two inches in that thin atmosphere twice on two separate days. So not long tests, but enough to make these guys feel like, you know what, I I think this will work out. Somewhere, yeah. Yeah. The rover and the helicopter expected to arrive on Mars in February 2021. Yeah, that was that that last little sentence was the thing that made me go, what? So, so being ex JPL, like the fact that they like did those tests in that chamber were tremendous. Um, but if I read all the articles on this topic, they all seem to imply that's it. They're not testing in any other scenarios. No, uh, it does. I, I have seen some quotes where they're like, the next test we'll do will be on Mars. That's cocky. <laughs> you don't think uh, two well, inches? That the test seems successful, but it very short periods of time so like you know if you can you know figure out the atmospheric bar it's great when it's locally on earth but actually doing that on mars is very different it was in a calm environment in a simulated tube in a room (laughs) in california we got it well we're done you're 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 well more versed in this stuff than i am but that implies to me that all they were testing for was lift can we get enough lift in this kind of thin atmosphere correct Correct. that's exactly what they were testing for yeah and and, but but they didn't they didn't test updrafts they didn't test like there's a lot of stuff that that happens on mars the the atmospheric pressure isn't enough to actually affect the 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 helicopter that much but there are other factors Mm -hmm. that they as far as I can tell, has not been taken into consideration. I could be wrong, but well, yeah, I mean, they may have been taking consideration in the design, but it certainly wasn't part of this test. Right. Um, that said, I, I mean, this—if you haven't caught on—this is a UAV. This is a drone, right? It, yeah. It's a helicopter-style drone, uh, but so are quadcopters, right? And it's going to mm-hmm. be—if it works, uh, you know, plugging around on Mars, getting a much wider view than a rover can. Yeah, I hope it works. That's yeah, great. I hope your skepticism is wrong. Or or, I'm, or I'm un- oh, unnecessary, I'm yeah. yeah. I hope so too. Yeah, because this is uh, this is good. Mars 2020 rover, remember, arrives in 2021. It launches in 2020 and arrives in 2021. Well, if you thought the last story was interesting, this next one may surprise you. Inmates at two prisons in Finland are classifying data to train AI for a startup called Venu. The company is building a database to help businesses find contractors. Venu needs business articles to be categorized by topic, including differentiating things like Apple, the tech company, from a company that harvests apples, the fruit. Two very different companies. The data is then used to train the AI to manage that database. For English language 
English articles, Vanu uses Amazon's Mechanical Turk, but they weren't getting enough work done on Finnish articles, so they contacted the Finnish Criminal Sanctions Us Agency, or CSA, which happens to be in the same building as Vanu. Very convenient. Vanu pays the CSA what it would have paid Mechanical Turk, and the CSA then decides how much of that goes to the prisoners. That's my question. Yeah. How much of it does go to the prisoners? <laughs> well, there's a whole social and criminal justice uh, aspect of this conversation uh, about yeah. exploiting criminal labor, right? That's not new. What's new is, oh, instead of having them, you know, make widgets or, or yeah, yeah, the classic right. example is license plates. You're having them categorize articles to train an AI, which is new. Uh, two two things occur to me. One is this does seem to point the way to tasks that will still require humans, which is categorizing things to train an AI, uh, mm-hmm. which could be hopeful for future work conditions. Uh, but also the fact that you couldn't get enough fins on Mechanical Turk to to get your training data set. I think that's interesting. A lot of English language speakers in the world, not necessarily native, who might be on Mechanical Turk, but not enough Finnish speakers. So there again is another area that you might not have thought of as, oh, this, you know, we there there is a a need here that mere technology alone has not solved. Well, and the conversation can get muddied pretty quick, right? Because you think, okay, well, if you, um, you know, have a, a, a large group of people, I mean, large considering however many people are in a particular prison, doesn't even matter the country, right. but um, the fact that they, you know, it's, it's, it, you're, it, it's, it's, it's mandatory labor, right? And this is something that is making an AI, whatever it is for whatever company stronger and 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 more sound based on human interaction does that bother anybody you know d- d- like and and if so in what way should it change well there, there's a little bit of a science fictional aspect to all this right you've got a, a contained captive audience in in the very literal sense of the word who are being used to train a a neural net right and and it's it feels a little weird comma and then you step back and like well you know, prisoners made license plates in the U.S. for a long time, which was forced manual labor. I'm- well, I, and you guys have both, I, I very, very uh, uh, ineffectively tried to steer us away from that aspect of it because I don't think we can solve you that. Can't. It's not our area of expertise. <laughs> uh, but yeah. having prisoners do this is con- is con- going to be controversial to a lot of people. Uh, what I was what I was trying to point us at is, what if it wasn't prisoners, though? You've got two very interesting things going on. Is One, you still need mm-hmm. humans to train an AI. And mm-hmm. two, they, the reason they resorted to to prisoners was because the CSA happened to be in the building with them. If the CSA hadn't been in the building with them, they may not have ever thought of that. And what would they have had to do if Mechanical Turk, which is meant to solve this problem, didn't solve it? They Would they have had to create something within Finland? I mean, we think that like, oh, you just put it on the internet and everything's available. And this is an area, this is, a, I, I think, a very interesting example where that didn't work. Well, the, the reason you can't separate the two is because that the solution would involve money. Right. You, well, you could, and they you, are paying the CSA exactly the same money they would have paid Mechanical Turk, right? Okay. So, well, but okay, but in and Tom, I totally get the point you're making. I think in in the example of Finland, what we've been seeing is Finland's like we just don't have enough data. Like we almost have to like force people to give us more data because we the Mechanical Turk actually doesn't work for us. 
that is not necessarily a, a, a case that would that that is that that matters to all countries, but that is interesting in this case. Yeah, there aren't enough Finnish speakers who are willing to work at Mechanical Turk wages. Uh, and that that is a point where it is, I think, relevant to bring in. And so they had to go to <laughs> they ended up going to prisons where you don't have a lot of choice. Uh, email us your thoughts on this feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. <laughs> Uh, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day and keep up, check out dailytechheadlines.com. You can get it all in five minutes, Monday through Friday, with a recap of the entire week that comes on Saturday. Venture Beats' Dean Takahashi writes that he has often divided game companies into intentional and unintentional game companies. So intentional would be the ones you think of. Electronic Arts, Sony, Xbox, etc. But platforms like Apple, Amazon, Google, and Facebook, he calls unintentional because the platforms were created for something else but gaming then arose on those platforms anyway uh although with facebook you could argue they just bought oculus and that's really where the big games come in facebook but these are companies that weren't started to be game companies and are now becoming game companies intentionally for instance recent examples are google stadia where google said well i guess gaming was coming into our platform let's lean into it apple with apple arcade is another recent example uh, i know this caught your eye uh rob what is it about you about this this sort of metaphor that that fascinates you well i mean th- so the company i'm at now uh, nimble collective where i'm the cto this is what we do right so we are a streaming company for animation systems so animators can get on and 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 access gpu based machines uh stream their animation software do their work get off, do rendering of the work and get off and it was interesting hearing the um uh, the the Stadia uh, live feed because the the introduction to Stadia sounded very much like the intro- introduction to, to Nimble Collective, um, you know, utilizing the cloud, um, lower cost on the on the client side. You know, you didn't need as as expensive a machine piece of machinery to operate the system. Um, so all that was very cool, uh, and they're you know the ability to upgrade GPUs on the fly and and uh, perform at the performance rate of a, of a cloud service like like a Google, and I'm focusing just on Stadia for a minute, this applies to everybody, uh, is a tremendous boon. Uh, if I remember the numbers right, it was something like 10.8 gigaflops, <laughs> like, which, which is, yeah, which, which is an, it's an astonishing number, right, to, to have at your fingertips. Um, <clears throat> what's interesting to me about this, uh, and, you know, since it's Google and they own all of the data centers and the thing that uh, I keep coming back to because I experience this all the time. Is uh, th- does anybody know Steam's uh, uh, traffic like concurrent users? It's something it, a couple of years ago it was like 15 million sure. concurrent users. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's high up there. That's that's a lot of instances to have in the cloud. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're Google or or Microsoft or whoever. But if you're expecting that sort of load on a system that's doing concurrent play, that's a lot of GPUs on standby. So I'm not sure if you're, if if your your listeners are aware. I'm sure most of them are, but um, it takes a while to spin these things up, mm-hmm. right? It's think of booting a computer or a server. That's what's going on. So they have to be sitting there in hot standby. So so they have to be very good at predicting like how many users are going to have and how many people are going to be playing certain games at certain times and have those things ready so people aren't sitting there frustrated and waiting. And that's the part about this that's fascinating to me. And that actually is a really good point because there is going to be a part where Google Stadia uh, won't work and somebody will be very frustrated because they're timing out. They're like, I'm trying to log on, but obviously they can't handle it. And the 
and the and the answer will be no. It's not that they can't handle it. It's that they predicted wrong when you decided right. to, to log on and didn't have a, a hot GPU waiting for you, right? That's right. Yeah, That's so right. And, 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 keep that in mind. Yeah, and that will happen. But it, it doesn't it, undermine know, the concept necessarily. It meant it, it's it's all a matter of whether they can solve that. If if this catches on the way that they think it catches on, I don't want to hog the conversation here. But if, if this catches on the way they think it's going to catch on, it will it will rival Netflix for data transmissions. It'll and oh, yeah. it'll certainly rival anything else out there for GPU usage and CPU usage in the cloud. Because even even though controls don't need to send a whole lot of information uh, back, there is consistent information you're sending from your controller uh where in netflix you press play and that's it for 30 right. minutes to an hour if not and when you're gaming and when you're gaming by the way so we, we we deal with this all the time when you're gaming um you notice it like they, they, even if it's even if it's like a fraction of a second or mm-hmm. a fraction of a fraction of a second your brain picks up on it if you're if you're firing the gun or running from the from the bad guy or doing yeah, whatever yeah, you're doing in the game yeah you, you will you will notice if there's lag oh i what I what I was really fascinated by is like here are these companies that really didn't have a history or kind of a pedigree in gaming. You know, you could say the same about Microsoft, but Microsoft has been publishing games since the early '80s, whether it was Flight Simulator or something else. They have an understanding, and you know, you can say the same thing about Google and Apple having their stores. But I mean, is there a point where just being a large, very you know, very well-heeled and very well-resourced company, you can essentially do a bunch of things, take a lot of risks that if you're a more focused game company, say like EA, that you couldn't afford to do because you have other businesses that you could rely on if something tanks. Well, I mean, you hit you hit it on the head, right? So these, these are larger companies. These are companies that do have um, splinter groups inside of them working on these projects that are as large as dedicated companies like EA. So to me, it's it's not that the the resources within the company is necessarily the problem. And if they hire the right people, then I know that they are. If they hire the right people, then you know they'll, they'll get the right attention on it. Uh, it, it it's more along the lines of um, the reason I think that um, you know the way Dean expresses this in his article is there's intentional and unintentional. It's it's more like intentional and backed their way into it, mm-hmm. right? Because saw an opportunity because what's going on is these these larger companies have these data centers with GPUs in them and those GPUs are not being utilized all the time. And the software tries to load level a lot of it and and they try and do predictive analysis and all that stuff. But like having a bunch of frozen fish in a warehouse somewhere, they've got a bunch of unused GPU cycles sitting around and they're like, how do we make money off this? Yeah, I mean, that may make the the whole do you have a hot GPU ready for someone to game less of an issue if they're like, well, we're, you know, if it's not ready for someone to game, it's ready for something else. We might as well just have a bunch of them ready all the time. We do anyway. Yeah, sort of, except what they're doing is they're opening up the gate. So now, you know, they've got, right. you know, the entire state of, of California wants that that frozen fish. Well, except right? everyone a- that emails me or talks to me on Twitter says that this is not going to work and they're not going to use it. So apparently no one is going to use this. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to happen. <laughs> That's exactly how it's going to roll out. Use it, or maybe the people saying they're not going to use it are lying. I don't know. Um, one of the things that came up last week when we were talking about this was I, I brought up the idea of uh, video editing in the cloud because of Nimble Collective. And there were some questions that I know you can answer, which is how does how does your video upload work there? Because if you have a, if you have a large video, uh, mm-hmm. you, you need to be able to get it to the cloud to start working on it. 
Sure. Yeah. I, I, well, if you're, uh, there, there's two modes of thought here, right? If you're already in the cloud and everything you've been doing is in the cloud, then, then it's already video, there. It's yeah. already there. Otherwise, you, you just upload the traditional way and you would upload to the system and then, and then work from there. And it, it, you know, if you've got a number of team members that are working on the same thing, uh, you'll be good. But it's interesting that you mentioned video editing. Video editing in uh, the cloud is harder a little harder actually than what we're doing with animation mm. because of the same reason that gaming is difficult. It, you know, the editors that are working on a video editor is, as you folks all know, like if you try and move a 30 seconds of a second and you're not there or the, the audio lags or you're doing it, it's, it's tricky. Yeah. There's, right? there's, so, there's lag so. sensitivity in the actions of video editing for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, thank you, uh, Rob, for for answering that for me. I appreciate it. Sure, for sure. And also thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. You can submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. If you hang out on Facebook a lot, well, we have good news for you. we got a Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. Let's take a look at the mailbag. Let's do it. Komei had a possible edge case scenario for eBay's image search. This was a conversation we were having yesterday and kind of scratching our heads a little bit on how this would work. Komei says, what if you just came from a foreign country and you don't know what the product is or what the leading brands are? For example, let's say you go to Asia and you want to get something similar to Ziploc or Rubbermaid or Purell or Gorillapod. Google wouldn't translate those names into the locally available brands And people who just came to the U.S. might have the same issue with American brands, but the image search would be able to help them at this point. Of course, Alibaba, Amazon, and others are all becoming international and multilingual, and their text search is getting better. So the example above (laughs) might be a little contrived. No, it's good, though. I like that one because there always are weird, like, uh, not weird, but they're, they're always different brands for the same thing. Uh, yeah. sometimes they're even owned by the same company. They just operate under a different brand. So looking up Ziploc on eBay, all oh, Ziploc's a weird thing to buy on eBay, but just go with it. You look up Ziploc on eBay and then you click on the image and suddenly you see all these other brands of, of sandwich mm-hmm. bags and you're like, Oh, the one that's popular here is that one. Great. Now I know. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Well, never buy used sandwich bags though. <laughs> Unless you have to. Uh, thanks to Komei and everybody else who participates in our mailbag every week. And also thanks to Len Peralta. Let's check in with him. Sure thing. Yeah, you know, I love the idea of unintentional gaming companies. And that's where this image came from. It's uh, it's a, uh, it's kind of taking the twister take on this whole thing of creating a game called Whoopsie. We made a video game company, <laughs> the game of unintentional platforms. <laughs> Um, and, uh, it's just a family that is enjoying playing on something that isn't really, uh, there was an unintentional. Yeah, no, I see. So, so dad's got his right hand on cloud services and then his <laughs> left bad. hand is on building a data center. And the next thing you know, he's built a game company. It's amazing. It's so much fun. It's a game for whoever it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's fun for the whole family. And, uh, yes, you can see this right now. If you're one of my patrons, uh, at the $5 level, DTNS level patron, you get this right now. It's up there right now. You get it uh, at, with your uh, pledge, and or you can just go the uh, alternate route. Just go to my online store, lenperaltastore.com, and get it right there. Excellent. Thank you, Len. Go to lenperaltastore.com. And thank you, Rob DeMillo. Absolutely. Uh, if folks want to find out more about what you're doing these days, where should they go? They should go to nimblecollective.com, or they can go to my About Me page. Uh, about me, Rob DeMello. You can find out where I am there. 
Yeah, that's nimblecollective.com. dot com. We'll have the link in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you can also, also go, by the way, you can also go to sparklabsglobal.com. I'm there as well. Sparklabsglobal.com as well. Do that too, mm-hmm. uh, folks. We are nearing the first of the month, which means uh, we need to push right over the goal line to get our goal of one more patron than last month. Now, yesterday I said we needed twelve. Now we need nine. So over the next three days, I'm trusting you. Three of you each day. Sign up to become a DTNS member, and that'll get us where we need to go. Uh, it's never been a better time. We have all kinds of cool perks available for people at the various levels, including uh, I'll have an editor's desk tomorrow talking about my thoughts about why tech executives are not stupid, but when to tell if they've made mistakes. That's coming in your feed at the $5 level and above tomorrow. Uh, Roger had a column yesterday. Uh, we've got updates on Sarah's Live With It with the headphones and and, and, and a vote for a new uh, device will be coming up in a month or so. That's all available if you become a member right now at patreon.com slash DTNS. If you have feedback for us, our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're also live Monday through Friday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. Join us live if you can. Tell a friend and find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. We're back on Monday. Talk to you then. Remember, become a member. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. You have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Join us today during the Jeep celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.